The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Nice buns, soft, fluffy, and ultra-low net carbs. Discover Hero Bread, the delicious, ultra-low net carb bread with incredible taste and texture. Hero Bread has zero grams of sugar and is under 100 calories per serving, plus high in fiber with 5 to 10 grams of protein per serving. Order from Hero.co now and get 10% off your first purchase with promo code AH10. That's 10% off with code AH10. H-E-R-O dot C-O. If you're going to San Francisco Welcome to the Arrowhead Attic Podcast. I'm Adam Best, here as always on Wacky Wednesday with Sterling Holmes. The intro song for this week is San Francisco, Be Sure to Wear Flowers in Your Hair. That's by Scott McKenzie. Obviously, we just whooped up on the San Francisco 49ers. Thought that'd be appropriate. Dig the song. Hope you did too. Sterling, talk to me. What's going on, man? Well, Robert Quinn. Traded to the Eagles for a, a fourth, which I'm sure a lot of folks in Chiefs Kingdom not too happy about. Uh, Brandon Cooks, rumors are heating up. But we'll get to all of that. What's going on with you? Uh, rocking the floral shirt, you know. Uh, San Francisco kind of has that hippie vibe, so I went with that today. You know, our latest victim. I'm always dressing based on who we just beat. Uh, but I want to talk about you, not me, because I don't know if everyone knows this, but they probably don't. Sterling and I, eight weeks ago, were complete strangers. We had uh, kind of one workshop where we talked about the format, got to know each other a little bit. And then we just dove in without any rehearsals, and we've been getting to know each other on the fly. So today on Twitter, I stumbled across something that I didn't know about you. You have, you have quite the hobby. Roll the tape. no musical talent so i'm impressed i did not know you were miles teller from whiplash man you're you're a regular john bonham over there how long have you been playing the drums oh I'm, i didn't know you were doing that by the way i am very embarrassed uh i have been playing drums that's since i was point, man that's the whole uh point. like fourth grade fifth grade played in high school big drumline guy yeah i was on drumline in high school it was a lot of fun uh, I haven't played a lot recently, so I'm finally starting to pick it back up again. And it's my forearms. They are killing me. I bet, man. I, my forearms kill me just from typing, let alone, you know, <laughs> just going off with the sticks. No way. No way. By the way, I want to read a couple comments very quickly. White hair goes, never trust a man who smiles a lot. Please know Sterling. White hair, I'm sorry. I'm a happy guy. You can, you can trust, trust me. me. You can trust me. Then I'm, I'm not a big, smiley, laughy guy. I'm a little I'm bit a, more brooding. I will try and be less smiley just for you, white hair. And you're right, Gary. I am no John Bottom. You are very much correct in that assessment. Let's get into at least a little bit of, of Chiefs talk here. Kareem Hunt has been a name that a lot of folks in Chiefs kingdom have been clamoring to bring back. Obviously, the Browns, Kareem Hunt, there's a little bit of a discomfort between them, right? There's a little bit of, of, of something going on. I, for one, I think the, the bridges are completely burned. I don't see the value of bringing Kareem Hunt back. He's still a very talented running back. He would still be RB1 on this roster. I just don't think it makes a lot of sense. What are your thoughts, though, Adam? Yeah, that bridge is not just burned. It's torched. Kareem Hunt is a fine player, but he's a 27-year-old running back. He's pretty much at the age apex. 
And the Chiefs don't really need another running back. I know that our stable of running backs isn't the most impressive. Pacheco, CEH, and Jarek McKinnon. But we have the number one offense in the NFL. So we're doing fine. I don't think it's necessary. I think that would be a huge distraction. And also, Kareem Hunt really isn't that much of an upgrade. Is his juke rate or elusiveness a little bit better than the guys we've got? Yeah, he's a fantastic target out of the backfield. But I think his best days are behind him. And the Chiefs need to move on. Fans need to move on. It's not going to happen. We need to look elsewhere. Like Robert Quinn would have been a much better fit. Mm-hmm. I would even say that Brandon Cooks, I hate to rent a guy who's an aging receiver, who's kind of a mercenary, but a position of need much more so than running back. Uh, yeah. In terms of premium premium positional value. Yeah, the, the position alone and the baggage that comes with Kareem Hunt, for me, is a non-starter. Even with Christian McCaffrey, for, for example, I thought that was just an asinine move for the 49ers. I know how talented he is, but this is not a position of need. Running back is the most... It's the position where you can find talent, I would say. the. I mean, look at James Robinson, right? Dude was undrafted. Now he just got traded for a six-rounder. Now that's a guy I would trade maybe a six-rounder for with the plethora of, of draft capital the Chiefs have. Kareem Hunt, though, with the baggage, with the positional um, value, to me, it makes no sense. We will talk a lot more about some trades and potential, what's happening when it comes to the Chiefs and the trade deadline. But before we get to that and the awards, Casey Beer Company. Best sponsor in the world. Uh, if you've not seen the red cartons, go find the red cartons that say Casey Beerco, the Dunkel, the Hellas, uh, the Winterbach, which is out for the uh, special edition. That one is just incredible. It's like 8.5%. It's ideal. If you want something less strong, the Casey Pills Light, very good, 3.5%. You can drink that the entire time during this bye week because you're going to be drinking from noon. Well, if you want to start during the London games, 9.30 until, I don't know, 10 p.m. You need a light beer for that one. But Casey Beer Co., honestly, they make, they brew the best beer. The owner, Steve, was actually in Germany picking out the hops that he brings back. It's incredible. Uh, They brew it with only four ingredients. Casey Beer Co., if you've not tried it, please go grab some and dare to beer different. Award time? Let's do it. Are we ready? Let's do it. The first award is the Fuel the Jet Award. Post it, baby. Go, go, go. FTJ, FTJ. It's clean. What is FTJ? Fuel the Jet. Fuel the Jet. FTJ, FTJ, FTJ. How surprised were you that McCall Hardman, of all people, pulled off a hat trick on Sunday? I, I shocked. I mean, I, I, I was shocked. Uh, I was a great job by the coaching staff. I will, I will say the coaching staff, in my eyes, were the MVP. McCall Hardman obviously has to actually finish the plays, but the coaching staff gets a lot of the credit. McCall Hardman, to an extent, I, I will still say is who he is, although the past couple games I have seen some noticeable growth in aspects where I was shocked. Uh, I think the contested catch was almost more impressive than the three touchdowns he had. I think the touchdown last week against the Bills, or I guess two weeks ago now against the Bills, was very impressive when he sat down in the end zone. When was the last time we saw him as a possession wide receiver? We haven't. So I want to give a lot of credit to Biennemi, Nagy, uh, uh, Andy Reid, everyone when it comes to McCall Hardman and his hat trick. You play Mario Kart, right? I may botch this metaphor. Who's really fast turning the corner? Yoshi, Wario? I dabble. I I, I don't know much about Mario. I dabble. <laughs> but the key to McCall Hardman is get the ball into his hands in space and then let the vision, the blazing speed. He's got a little bit of agility. He basically turns into a punt return. And once he gets into that situation, he's one of the better players in the league at doing that. Great, great uh game plan and scheming by the coaching staff. And that's a great transition to our next award, the committed enough award. Let me tell you something. If you're committed enough, you can make any story work. I I once convinced a woman that I was Kevin Costner and it worked because I believed it. It's maybe my favorite breaking bad quote. Did you watch that? No, come on. It's me. I did not. You're killing me. But that's a show that's not, it's not, Game of Thrones or Star Wars, it's not major dork factor. It's, it's, it's a classic. Anyway, great quote. 
the winner of this one is, let me open up the envelope, Andy Reid. I thought that dealing with Nick Bosa by doing things like not blocking him, you know, running right at him, using his aggression against him, counting on the fact that he likes to over-pursue, it was just 40 chess by Andy Reid and the coaching staff, like you said. I don't think the 49ers really saw it coming. And it really sprung not only McCole Hardman, but CEH. I think I could have scored with my bulky knees on that play where CEH scored, you know? Just for me, the entire offense coaching staff, McCole Hardman, everyone involved, it was so impressive. Outside of Sky Hard or uh, Sky Moore in the uh, in the punt return game, that I want to see Sky less of. Mm. But w- when it comes to what they did against Bose, the game plan was outstanding. Bosa came out and was, ba- was basically like, "Yeah, my head was spinning. I didn't know where to go." And when you make a elite pass rusher have to think like that, can't just pin his head or his ears back and get up to the quarterback, but has to think. Are they coming at me? Do I have to, you know, pop out, be, be, you know, keep some contain in here so the running back from Nicole Hartman doesn't get too far outside? Making him think was the biggest game plan. And that's what we saw Andrew Wiley have success. That's what we saw Orlando Brown Jr. and the entire offensive line have success. And in turn, it gave Mahomes time. Going into this game, I said, you know who Andrew Wiley is. He's a, he's a serviceable right tackle, right? The coaching staff knows who he is. So help him. They helped him. The coaching staff realized, yeah, Andrew Wiley, not all pro right tackle. He needs some help. He needs some chips with with Jerick McKinnon. He needs some help when it comes to putting a tight end out there. And also the game plan. And that's why I think it was so impressive. Andrew Reid and the coaching staff finally realized it's Andrew Wiley and not, I don't know, Trent Williams but on the right side out there. He did give up one sack, but outside of that, it was a very frustrating day for Nick Bosa. You saw him visibly annoyed, just so frustrated. Raymond Chandler has a fantastic point here. Give credit also to the blocking on those plays. want to give a shout out to Noah Gray, Jody Fortson, two of the most unselfish players in the roster. Don't get targeted much, but play a lot of snaps, block their asses off. The offensive line, particularly Creed and Tooney get downfield. Jarek McKinnon, he will step up and block anybody in the National Football League. He's a fearless little shit, man. I have so much respect for that dude. So much respect. And, he, you know, I think our, our blocking downfield, we talked about this Sunday, is something that kind of has unlocked our offense. You look at Juju. You look at MVS. These are big physical receivers who like to hit people. They like to get out there and get dirty kind of like Demarcus Robinson, but they actually can do something in terms of catching the ball, you know, scoring every once in a while. I guess MVS hasn't scored yet, but that's coming. That's coming. I think we we finally unlocked the deep ball, getting on a tangent right now, but how can you not just gush over such a game plan? The 49ers were first in EPA per play defensively coming in this game, and they just got absolutely demolished really just a flawless game plan well executed how, how else could you spin it sterling I, it was fantastic i do want to give uh what did you call him a tough little shit jerry <laughs> mckinnon yeah make that into a t-shirt uh jerry mckinnon was outstanding i i, we I can't that- have two jets though this has bugged me for a while he's the jet mccall's the jet we need a new nickname maybe the people in the credits can help us crowdsource a new nickname for Jared McKinnon. I don't think tough little shit is something he's going to be cool <laughs> with, you know, T- TLS baby, little, little TLS, uh, but he was so good. And, and I do think we'll see more of him as the season progresses. I don't know if they want him as the bell cow, just based on the previous injury concerns. He, he's just not that guy at this point in his career, but he's a very useful player. The best running back in pass protection. You can maybe make the case for Pacheco, but we've not seen him. So that leads me to believe the coaching staff knows more than we do when it comes to Pacheco in pass pro, but Got to give a big shout-out to Jerick McKinnon. What he does with the ball in his hands, uh, exploding through the line, that as well as play. his blocking screenplay was, was outstanding. 
Uh, Benny Gonzalez, he's a jet. She's a jet. We're all jets. Hey, yeah, I was thinking the same thing too. I was thinking, uh, what's West that? What's that story, huh? Well, no, I was actually thinking of, I'm a dude. He's a dude. She's a dude. We're all dudes. Yeah. What was that corny movie back in the day with Mondo burger flipping burgers? It was like Keenan. Uh, what was his name? The guy from SNL. No. Keenan Thompson. Yeah. Keenan Thompson was in it. I, I, I didn't see that one. Good one Burger. The, maybe Good the burger. only movie Thank I you. haven't seen in the history of cinema. Thank you, producer Mike, as well as Benny, for reminding me it was Good Burger. Thank you. That's what I was thinking, too. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Let's get into the next award, the You Shouldn't Play With Guns Award. You shouldn't play with guns. Oh, that's Thank you. Frank Clark, come on down. So you guys remember the old school commercial, the Nike one, when Charles Barkley said he wasn't a role model? Let's take a look at that. I am not a role model. I'm not paid to be a role model. Well, he was full of it. You get the bag. No, he was. He was. You get the bag and the bright lights. You, ask, you also have to accept that people look up to you. That's just a fact. And how, some Chiefs fans I've seen are upset about this. But how are you going to rationalize this? Who among us hasn't been caught with an Uzi and a Lambo? It's, it's absurd. Multiple gun charges in a short amount of time, just unacceptable, especially in the country with the world's biggest gun violence problem. I hate to go there, but you kind of have to. Two games, that's a slap on the wrist. He's lucky the Chiefs didn't find a way to say he breached his contract, honestly, with the way he's been playing and the way he's behaved since he's been in Kansas City. My issue with Frank, and of course this happens right when Frank has his best game, maybe in years. 80% of success is showing up, and Frank usually does not. I don't know. Yeah, I... Am I being too hard on him? I mean, he had a machine gun in 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 his car. You're not being too hard. He's a buffoon for doing that. But also, I don't think all athletes are role models. They they just aren't. If you're looking up to add to every single athlete, that's part of that's on you. That's where I'm coming from. But Frank Clark deserved to get suspended. Two games seems to be the right number. Uh, The NFL, I just hate the consistency. It's like they have a dartboard set up right. And one's a two-game suspension at the beginning of the season. One's two games halfway through. No one really knows. Some dude's Pin the back tail on the donkey, right? They're just blindfolded. Roger fucking Goodell back there just throwing a dart after 13 beers. Wherever he lands on, that's what it's going to be. That. And, and that's what it is. I, I don't hate it. I mean, they're playing the Titans, and they're playing the Jags. There's no vendetta against Kansas City. There's no, like, oh, this is nope. trying to stick it to Casey in the middle of the season. And if you want to take it as a positive, they're withholding his game checks. The Chiefs get like 880000 or 440000 whatever it is, uh, back into the bank account for the salary cap. So little little extra money to work with. Maybe suspend Frank Clark, team suspension a little more. And not only that, we might see some Malik Herring. I think it would be nice to see Malik Herring to see what he can do if the Chiefs think he's part of the future. This by itself should not – it shouldn't make Brett Veach say, we need to get another edge guy for two games. For two games? Frank Clark is not that guy anyways. We'll probably see Mike Dana when he's healthy. We'll see a little bit more Carlos Dunlap, and I'd like to see at least a little bit, a sprinkling of Malik Herring. I totally disagree with you. And some of the people in the comments, you make $25 million a year to be a public figure in Kansas City. You are a role model, whether you like it or not. That's just the way it goes. The Spider-Man saga says it best. She told me that was great power comes great responsibility sure i I, i'm just not i'm not gonna sit here on my high horse though i'm not saying you are but i'm just saying i'm not gonna sit here and say every single nfl player has to be a role model that's just absurd but i think when you're one of the highest paid players in the league and you're that visible and you're one of the spokespeople for the team he's one of the first people that reporters go for sound bites he's very visible visible you want to be one of the leaders of the team 
that comes with extra responsibility. This wasn't, this wasn't some guy on our bench, some guy in the practice squad. This was one of the guys that the, in the past 10 years, the chiefs have allocated the most money towards. Sure. And I, I think he's just been a knucklehead. He's so frustrated. The other thing is I have, I have so much passion and respect for this franchise. Mm-hmm. We all, it's all part of our story, part of really our, our community personality. And every time a player on the chiefs does something like this and there's different degrees, right? But like what he did, the stuff with Tyreek, the stuff with cream hunt, it makes the franchise look bad. And I don't like that. Sure. Because no, it's, I, it's mostly. It was a, a, I'm not saying it was a good move. I'm saying it was, yeah, a, yeah, yeah. It was an idiot. It was a boneheaded move. I'm just saying I'm not going to look to Frank Clark as my role model, whether or not he carries guns in his in his Lambo or not. That, that that's just where I'm at. It, yeah, it, it's probably unwise at this point to expect anything different from him than what Frank has been. I agree. Yeah. That's, that, that's where I'm at. Now, let's get into the next award, uh, the Perfectly Balanced Award. Pretty, isn't it? Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. We've got double award winners this time. The Chiefs and Broncos share this one. So the Chiefs are first in points per game at 31.9. The Broncos are dead last at 14.3. DJ, give us some air horn to celebrate with. Let's go. This is the kind of balance we've been waiting our entire lives for. Sterling, I don't know about you, but I grew up tortured by the Denver Broncos franchise, basically having nightmares about John Elway as a kid. Had to see them go to seven freaking Super Bowls, winning, I think, three of them before the Chiefs even went to one. Just torture. So... No, I don't feel bad for them. I'm going to have a lot of fun at their expense. We've been waiting for this a long time. We're arguably the best team in the league, top two, and they look like the worst team in the league. What's your thought on the Broncos right now? They're going to look that bad for a while. Russell Wilson is not that dude. Don't let Russell cook because dude is cooked. Russell Wilson is a clown. I mean, all the stuff coming out now, I see why a lot of like Richard Sherman in Seattle is out here on Twitter just ripping it into him. And you're seeing former teammates of Russell Wilson basically calling him corny. It is. It looks like an act. He's trying so hard to, to be beloved by any fans out there. Just win. Just, just shut up and win. No one cares about your let's ride moniker. You're getting mocked. I love it. You know, as a Chiefs fan, I love it. The Broncos, same with you, same with me. I Peyton Manning, Jake Plummer. I had nightmares of Jake Plummer on a fucking bootleg. That's what I had. Jake Plummer on a bootleg. Jake the Snake. Killed me. But I don't feel bad for Broncos fans. But they're in a very precarious situation because this is not going to get better anytime soon. If... <laughs> I was going to say, they should have kept Drew Locke if this was the case. And I actually advocated for them keeping Drew Locke to begin with. Uh, that was my initial thought process was, hey, at least see what he can do. He's never had a, a healthy team. He's never been a guy they've tried to build around. And Drew Locke, frankly, this is what he would do right now, if not do better. This would be the bottom tier. Russell Wilson right now is in the bottom tier. He's not even a human. He's like an algorithm of what you know, AI would think a quarterback would act like. He's so weird. Did you hear the story that came out today about the plane in London? Yeah. His teammates, eight-hour flight, his teammates are sleeping, being like normal people on an, on an overseas flight. He's in the aisles for four hours doing high knees. I, I'm not even kidding. He's doing like high knees and rehabbing and working out in the aisles while his poor teammates are trying to sleep. Just... He's a weirdo. I'm sorry. He might be a serial killer. I, I just have never seen someone that, that is so like phony and awkward. Uh, I mean, I can be awkward myself, but he just is such a, he's such a fake. Yeah. He's such a fake. And they, you're right. They could have gone down multiple avenues. They could have picked Justin Fields. They could have stuck with Drew, Drew Locke. They, there are a whole host of options that wouldn't have cost them t- $250 million that they and now they can't get out of it until what, 2027? Or, or give Russell Wilson one year 
to see if he's the the franchise quarterback before you give him this extremely long-term deal when Russell right. Wilson's been on a slow decline, the injuries have started to pile up. If you know he's not running, oh man. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't think he's going to play this bad the entire season. I'm not going to sit here and say Russell Wilson is going to be a bottom five QB the rest of 2022, but they got to figure something out. He has to use his legs. When he's used his legs in games, in spurts, their offense has been fine. They've also had some of the worst red zone struggles I've ever seen from a team. I don't expect that to be the exact same way all season long, but also it comes down to a Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, just shaking hands, deciding who's going to fuck up more. And then basically just say, that's the GM, it's the owner, not the owner. Cause they just took over, but, but the GM hiring these guys. It's you think just- they have buyer's remorse, by the way, the new Condoleezza Rice and Rob Walton, man, mm. they're like, we have a receipt. I know it hasn't been 30 days, but can we take this back? <laughs> Can you give us a Geno Smith, please? We'll take a Geno Smith. I uh, bet they would. Let's get into Hater of the Week. What do you got for us? This week, the Hater of the Week goes to fans of other teams who claim the Chiefs had no fans prior to the arrival of Patrick Mahomes. I'm not going to call out the tweet in particular because, and it was from a Bengals fan, this has been a sentiment that's kind of been going on for a while, right? We've been hearing the chirping. We've been hearing from other fan bases that despite having the loudest stadium literally on planet Earth, that Chiefs are somehow you know, bandwagon fans. This argument is sort of commonplace. So to refute it, Arrowhead Addict's own, hopefully I won't botch this like I do with names sometimes, Farzin <laughs> Vusogian. How'd I do? He pulled receipts. So here's Arrowhead just rocking back in December of 1990. Check it out. Again, I have asked the defense to help lower the crowd noise. Any further crowd noise problem will result in a charge timeout against Kansas City. What do you think about all this sterling? Does, is it just the price of being a dominant franchise? Yes. We, we see it all over. They don't know that we were rooting for, for Tyler Thigpen. They don't know, you know, the Elvis Gerbach years, right? Brody Croyle. The Brody Croyle, right? Like, it's just so easy, and it happens to every single team. The Warriors, it happened to them. You'd bring up Monta Ellis and Baron Davis, and they're like, who? I mean, it always happened to the great teams in any sport. You get known as, as bandwagon fans. Um, it's unfair. Also, there's always going to be a new group of of young fans who, frankly, just weren't alive uh, to, to to witness this. So, so a lot of Chiefs fans who are, let's say, even 12 years old, you know, maybe even in high school, they don't remember the Chiefs being bad because they at least had Alex Smith. So, it, it's a combination of this happens with every single team, and also, you know, fan bases. Eventually, they'll have a whole bunch of young fans that that don't have to go through the horrendous years, like. Some of the older fans did. Yeah, I waited almost four decades of my life for them to draft a quarterback in the first round. So don't talk to me about we weren't around before Patrick Mahomes. We've been waiting for Patrick Mahomes our whole lives, a lot of us. My dad, my dad waited in between Lynn Dawson and Patrick Mahomes and had season tickets most of that entire time. We've seen the Chiefs not win a playoff game 25 years or something like that. And we stuck by them in 2012. They won two games. We stuck by them from I'll put, I'll put money on this, this particular fandom, this fan base over any fan base in professional sports in in this country. I will also say, I will say NFL fans for the most part are some of the most loyal fans as well. NFL fans typically don't jump ship. NBA fans, probably the most that jump ship. Uh, baseball, there's just not as many fans, right? Um, but but NFL fans, for the most part, if you're a Chiefs fan now, you've been a Chiefs fan for a long time. Same with the Bills fans. Same with the Browns. You wear the Eagles. Lo- the Eagles. You the wear Vikings. that losing season as a badge of honor. You, 
If you're a Chiefs fan, you're sitting here going, remember 2-14? and 14? Hell yeah, slap that on here. It makes the success that much sweeter. It makes it that much greater. That same thing with the Detroit Lions, right? It's not easy going 0-16. It's not easy. But congratulations for sticking around. If you're a real Chiefs fan and you've been around those years and you've not given up and you've not jumped ship, congratulations. Good for you. It's time to be rewarded with Patrick Mahomes. As a fan, loyalty is what we hang our hat on. We're not out there playing. We don't get to make front office or coaching decisions. What we can do is stand by our team, rock the merch, talk about them, show up at the stadium, all that. But, you know, loyalty is where it's at. And Chiefs fans are as loyal as any fan base out there. So just ignore, ignore the haters. I mean, where were these Bengals fans? Ooh, I will say. My World 618, very good point. And this is something that's underrated. Goes, I became a fan of the Chiefs when the Rams left St. Louis. Girlfriend's family were Chiefs fans, so I adopted. So I suppose I qualify as bandwagon. No way. I, I don't think so. And I think it's a good point. I had a lot of friends. I went to University of Missouri, you know, right in the middle of Missouri. It was either Rams fans or Chiefs fans. I have so many friends, this is wild to me, who are St. Louis Cardinals baseball fans. And then Kansas City Chiefs fans for football. And a lot of that happened when Kroenke took the team out to L.A. So that might be an influx of what people are seeing. Look at all these new Chiefs fans. Part of that actually is just the Rams left Missouri. They still want to root for the state of Missouri. Chiefs are here. I grew up in Springfield, and that's unbelievably common for someone in a lot of areas of the state to be a Chiefs fan and a Cardinals fan. The Royals were kind of in the wilderness, pretty bad, pretty putrid for a long time. Sure, they've recently had some success up and down. I'm not a baseball guy, but it's pretty common, I think. There is one fan base or maybe non-fan base in our division that we should talk about since we're talking about fan bases, and that's the Chargers. You said NFL fans are passionate, loyal, all that. Do the Chargers have any fans? Inquiring minds want to know. Honestly, I feel bad. I, I feel bad. They had at least some fans in San Diego. And honestly, I I, I don't want to say I feel bad for Did the Raiders. Because I can net well, they had more than you now. I, and- I went to a game during the LT era. It was a Sunday night. I used to live in LA. It was a Sunday night game, prime time. Their stadium wasn't that big. I don't even think it was 60,000. They had empty seats. I couldn't believe it. Would Arrowhead ever have people would kill each other for an empty seat at Arrowhead on a primetime Sunday night game. It just blew my mind. The thing I will also say is I don't feel bad for the Raiders because I can't just feel bad for the Raiders, but I do dislike they left like Oakland. The black hole was so classic. It, it, it was its own hatred for its own fan base. And it feels like some of that has been left when they went to Las Vegas. It feels more corporate and, I don't feel bad for them, but it does feel a little interesting when you're just sitting here going, where are those idiots dressed up in all black looking like they're trying to go to a Judas Priest concert? You know, the, the, the hell bent for leather show. I, I, I do kind of miss that at least a little bit more. You ever go to the black hole? No, I've never been. I actually did. I was pretty scared. They were awesome. <laughs> they were awesome when I showed up. So... There was a How old were you? Were they going to kick your ass? Or were you like 12? No, I, I wasn't 12. I wasn't 12. I was in my 20s. Okay. I oh, per- season- perfect ass kicked age. That's a perfect yeah. age to get your ass kicked. So I spent a season doing columns for Fox Sports back in the day, and they sent me to the black hole as a Chiefs fan, just decked out in red to kind of tell my story. The fans were awesome in the first half, and they were awesome at halftime because the Raiders were up. At the end of the game, the Chiefs won. I, I hung around for, for everyone to leave with my Raiders friends because I, I was kind of scared. I'm not going to lie. I was kind of scared. <laughs> it's a frightening place. But I also respect, I respect the passion, the tradition, the legacy. And I agree. It is sad that they've kind of become this corporate, empty Las Vegas shell. Uh, let's get into the next edition of Hot Take Kingdom. What do you have for us this week, Adam? So I wrote about Juju Smith-Schuster in this week's newsletter. Let's continue that convo. 
coming into the season, I admit I was low on Juju because I thought he was broken, but I am now capitulating. His resurgence, a.k.a. not the rejuvenation, the rejuvenation is for real. This week's hot take kingdom is that he's playing like 2018 Juju and the Chiefs should ink him to a long-term deal after the season. I'm going to get into this, make my case, interrupt me at any time, and then afterwards we'll either open the castle gates for you and you can come in or you can say, peace, I want no part of that. So, over his last two games, Smith-Schuster has 237 receiving yards. The only players who've had more receiving yards during that span are Jamar Chase and Tyree Kill. Pretty good company. Large sample size there. He did it against good defenses, though. That's the next point. According to EPA, Buffalo and San Francisco, best defenses in the league. And his PFF grade in these two games, I know we don't like PFF for quarterback grades, They do a lot of good work elsewhere. They have Chris Jones as the highest graded defensive player in the league. I don't think they have a vendetta against the Chiefs. Mahomes just broke their quarterback grading, right? Uh, So his grade in those two games was 83.2. That exceeds the 81.8 he had in his banner year, 2018, and is an elite number. That number is around, like, A.J. Brown has that number for the season. Against the 49ers, Patrick Mahomes posted a perfect 158.3 passing rating when targeting Juju. Now, Juju's yards per route run is 2.09, which places him in the top 20 league-wide. Over the past two games, that number has spiked to uh, 3.43. That would lead the league for the entire year. I think Tyree Kill is at a crazy 3.38, which would make me very sad if we weren't doing so well. Now that Juju and Mahomes have had time to kind of gel, get acclimated to one another and get on the same page, Juju's efficiency has been elite. Juju Smith-Schuster is now on pace for over 1,200 yards this season. Only four receivers, four in Kansas City Chiefs history have accomplished that specific feat. Tyreek, of course, Derek Alexander, Carlos Carson, a blast from the past for a long time fans, and then really old school here, the one and only Otis Taylor. One of the most promising signs has been back-to-back weeks with touchdowns of 40-plus yards. The whispers were that he had lost his athleticism, that you know he was merely a short pop-gun target. Doesn't appear to be true. Also, his back shoulder catches and slants in traffic show that he wins with ruggedness. He's a beast. I mean, look at the guy. The guy looks more like a running back or a linebacker than your average wide receiver he's built. Is Juju a prototypical X or separating flanker? No, he doesn't neatly fit those archetypes. But he's part of a new trend, power slots. Cooper Cup is one. Last week, DeAndre Hopkins played 50% of his snaps out of the slot. We're seeing a new breed of player kind of take over the league no more Ju- little Wes Welkers and Judel- Julian Edelman's running around. The players playing out of the slot, it's really changed. And I think that's a response to the defenses we're seeing. Being an NFL target hog is more about that is more than just having speed. Most of the greats have that sort of unexplainable je ne sais quoi quality. They innately understand the game and know how to get open. Travis Kelsey has that. So does Juju. He just does. You can't really put your finger on it, but the guy just knows how to play football. Sterling, you've heard my case. Mm -hmm. You coming in or you staying out? So I I will actually come in on this one. I'm in. My only questions would be, is he, with the injuries, going to turn 26? How much has this affected his long-term? Because if this is going to be a long-term deal... What's he going to look like at age 29, 30, 31? If it's going to be, a, let's say, how, how long is, is long-term? Four years, five years? Three. Th- well, if it's three, for sure, sign me up, pal. I'm all in. Uh, but I, I want to make sure you're not buying in right now after these last two games, which have been phenomenal. Would this be almost considered going in at, at a high point? 
Do you want to wait until he has a bad game or two? Do you want to wait until it's down just a little bit? Then say, all right, Juju, come on. Now I can say after the season. That's fair. No, I, I like Juju Smith-Schuster. I was very high on him coming into this year. He's actually been better than I expected. Uh, I, I thought he was going to go right around 950. And again, maybe he, he drops down 1,200. That's a lot of yards. These last two games have very much inflated the, the total season yardage and, the, and some of the totals. But I do think he's a very solid wide receiver. Uh, if you think Sky Moore can eventually be um, a legitimate starting wide receiver alongside Juju, that's a, that's a couple of guys who do things a little differently. You're right. Juju Smith-Schuster is not the fastest guy. He's not the most, most athletic guy. But he still gets a lot of yards after catch. We, we've seen this a lot from this year. From this year, I have not looked back at his previous yak numbers, but this year they have to be absurd. He stays on his feet. Good contact balance. I, I like Juju Smith-Schuster a lot in this offense. Mahomes is going to make anyone look better. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and assume Juju would be happy to be here with Mahomes, considering he had the corpse of Big Ben throwing him the ball. I mean, it was fucking waking up Bernie's back there. They basically just gave Big Ben some sunglasses just sitting there. And you could, couldn't take him down because he's so big. But, like, I think Juju would want to stay here in Kansas City as well. I think they for, could for sure get a deal done. You make a great point about his situation in Pittsburgh. It was actually great when he arrived. When he arrived, he had prime Antonio Brown, one of the best receivers. Is he a nutcase? Is he kind of football Kanye? Yes. Yes, he is. But on the football field, that guy was one of the best to ever do it. And that was very much his prime. In 2018, Ben Roethlisberger, he still had it. They threw the ball 675 times, which is fifth most in NFL history. That was a high-octane offense. Big Ben was pushing the ball downfield. And then what happened? 2019, his elbow fell off. He was never the same. He had a noodle arm after that, like you said, weekend at Bernie's. And Juju suffered because he basically his like yards per target just plummeted. And I think we have to look at the injuries. He had a lost season because of the shoulder. He had another season that was cut short because of a concussion and a knee injury. Matt Canada, the offensive coordinator there, leaves a lot to be desired. He also shared the field with talented players that were younger than him, or, or I don't think they're younger than him, but like newer to Pittsburgh than him, that they were trying to get incorporated. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, lots of mouth to feed. I just believe it was a very bad situation for him. He's still only 25 years old. He came into the league at, was he drafted at, was it 20 or 21? Had to be almost 20, right? Because this is his fifth year. Wow. Sixth year? I forget what the actual yardage number was but he got to some milestone quicker than Randy Moss. When he first stormed the league, he was looking like one of the all-time potential greats. And then, you know, he, he kind of, he kind of fell off and everyone, people were just kind of mean to Juju. Let's, they were kind of mean girls, you know, the TikTok, the call of duty, the commercials, the, the stupid thing he did on the Cowboys star. It was unfair. He's not, he's not the, I called Antonio Brown, the football Kanye. People act like he's the football Jackson Mahomes. It, it's unfair. Juju's a good dude. He's a good teammate. He's very committed. I think we should keep him here in Kansas city. Sterling sounds like you do too. Yeah. What, I, what I, would the deal? Tell I, me what money and year kind of structure you would be comfortable with for Juju. Well, if you're looking at three year, you're probably looking close to 45, right? 15 mil a season. Does Alan he take Robinson that? Yeah, kind of contract? I mean, that's less than Christian Kirk. That's less than Christian Kirk. I know some people be like, "No, make sure it's it's team friendly." Well, it's pretty team friendly when Amari Cooper friendly. is out here making 20 million a year. Yeah, for for what wide receivers are getting these days, three for 45. I, I'd have to do a little bit more research, but that's just the first number that comes to my head. I also want to say, I want to give a shout out to angry, drunken German. Great name, by the way, always makes me laugh, but uh, you go, he's young. His game isn't built on breakaway speed anyway. Even if he loses a step, it's irrelevant. You know, I, I think it's a good point. I mean, he's not built on speed. So maybe the injuries don't affect him as much because he is such a great route runner. 
but that just was something I wanted to bring up was the injury concerns. But you're right. I, I do think since he's not built on speed, it shouldn't affect him as much as uh, a guy who's primarily built on, on, on breakaway speed. He's not that slow either. People act like he ran a 4.9, like he's Jarvis Landry or something. He ran a 4.54 at the Combine. That's basically the same number as Mike Evans and Michael Pittman. So I think his athleticism is kind of sneaky and underrated. And people saying he's, he's not a good athlete, that's sort of unfounded. Is he Tyreek? Is he even Sky Moore or MVS? No, but receiver isn't about speed, like I said. And he just has this sort of brilliant feel for the game. Maybe not on Travis Kelsey's level, but he's young. And most guys do not have this. McCall Hardman, he will never have that. He could play he could play in the NFL for another 30 years and he would never develop what Juju has. I, I don't say that to be rude. Juju can't run like McColl or move like McColl does. But Juju just has something. He, he and Mahomes, I believe, can establish a mind meld, not, maybe not to the same historic degree that Kelsey has, but I think they can, they can keep this going and improve it year after year. Let's get into the analytics addict where we take an analytical approach at something going on for the Kansas City Chiefs. What do you have this time? Yeah, welcome to the we've never seen a player like Mahomes before smorgasbord. This establishment <laughs> is an all-you-can-eat buffet, so fill your plate and stuff your face with lovely stats about our own number 15. The first one, this is incredible. I mean, they're all incredible. It just never stops with this guy. 11 of Mahomes' top 12 passing yards games have come on the road. Can you believe that? It's nuts. I, I don't know why. I don't know if he just likes the the underdog. I mean, the underdog. He's been an underdog like once. The underdog approach, though, going into another stadium. I don't know what it is. He likes playing on the road. The hostile environment. Yeah, just, he's going. such a competitor that he's, you know, he's a gladiator in the arena. He just gets off on it. The next one, 41.9% of Mahomes' passing attempts go for a first down. That's the highest rate over the past decade. Again, what do you even say? How do you even describe this guy? It's why I hate when Andy Reid runs it on second and 10. It's why or I hate it. First and 10 or, or kind of ever. You have to run a little bit, but I, I every game, I know a lot of Chiefs fans want them to run more, but to me – that means taking the ball out of maybe the most talented player the league has ever seen's hands. And I, and speaking of that, Mahomes has a higher winning percentage in games his team trailed by 10-plus than Tom Brady does, period. Regular season and playoff games. He's better. He's, he's won a higher percentage of games down by double digits than the GOAT has. Just mind blown right it's nuts you were literally never out of a game when Mahomes is the quarterback down 10 down more it's okay because Mahomes finds a way to dig himself out of it he's like a boxer that likes to you know kind of taste his own blood before he gets going I don't know how to explain it since 1981 only eight games have seen a team put up an offensive DVOA over 100%. The Chiefs were at 103.5% against the Niners. That's a stat from Football Outsiders. They're like proprietary thing. Basically a historic performance. Maybe definitely like top five performance in Mahomes' career, would you say? Maybe even better. Yeah. I, I like John F.'s stat right here for us. Over half of Mahomes' completions are to wide receivers who have dashes in their last name. <laughs> <laughs> well done, man. Well done. We could sit here doing this all night, but I have one more. San Francisco came into the Chiefs game as the number one defense, according to EPA, per play. Mahomes' performance, again, according to EPA, per play, was the most efficient performance against a number one defense in the last decade. So anyone who thought he couldn't do this about with without Ty- Tyreek or that Tyreek made him, whoever this guy has, now maybe you don't want to put him with a bunch of stiffs like Aaron Rodgers has, but if you give him adequate options, 
he's going to be a flamethrower. We know that about him. He's going to be top two and he's not two. Yeah. I mean, there's literally so many things you can say about Mahomes, but he is the best quarterback in the NFL. He might be the most talented quarterback we have ever seen. You, I can't get enough of just watching him. He throws for 423 yards, and we're almost sitting back going, wow, another great game for Mahomes. And if that was Alex Smith, we'd be losing our shit right now. I mean, Mahomes is just so incredibly good. I can't believe we're watching him right now in his prime. Sometimes you t- take a step back and say, who cares what the talking heads say on ESPN? You know, Lamar Jackson, Joe Burrow, Josh Allen. Just enjoy Mahomes. Don't let him get to you because we're watching a Hall of Famer right now in his prime. Let's move on. We've got a new game for you guys. It is called the Casey Stock Market Pump or Dump. We love games. We've got a great community here, so we want to make things as interactive as possible. So what we're going to do, Sterling and I, we're going to introduce a stock, and you'll tell us in the comments if you want to pump if you want to buy that up or if you want to dump, you want to sell, sell, sell. And why? Then we'll feature your comments. Sterling, you ready to get into a, a little KC stock market? Let's do it. The Chiefs are averaging over 30 points per game. The last time they did this for a full season was in 2018. But they will do it again this season. Pump or dump, guys? They going to keep it up? I land more on the dump. I think it's close. 30 points is a ton a game, but I do think the defense is going to get better as the season progresses, and they're not going to have to rely on the offense to score as much. Uh, it'll allow them to run the football you know, more often. I just, I, They're going to win, same winning margin, but with the defense being better, the offense won't have to go out there and put up some gaudy numbers. I think it's close to 30, but I think it would go just under maybe 28, 29. But I, I feel like that's a dump. What do you have? I think they're going to keep it up. Yeah, I think they're just on one. They're on a mission. Mahomes looks as determined as he ever has been. It's not unheard of for them. They've come close. I think one year they were literally at 29.9. And then another year, 2018, when he took the league by storm, it was almost 35 points per game. Yeah. So 32 sounds doable. The Bills are almost at 30, and they've had some blowouts where they've pulled their their stars. So I think for a team of this caliber, they can do it. We're getting some dumps, but it looks like looks like the pumps win on this one. So you know, as a group, we're buying. Chris Jones is on pace for 12 sacks. He had double-digit sacks once in his career. We're seeing the best Chris Jones ever. Do you think he keeps it up? Pump or dump? I think he's going to keep it up. That's a lot of sacks for a defensive tackle. But keep in mind, he is not your usual defensive tackle. A lot of his sacks this year has been, have been in moments where they've kicked him outside to take advantage of a certain matchup as a temporary edge. He also, I also don't think they counted that sack against Derek Carr, correct? I almost called him David. I I almost always do that, but it doesn't matter what their name is. They're Raiders and Texans, you know, win something and then we'll get your name right. But his, his career high, something like 15, I want to say, where are you at on this? Oh, I'm pumping. Chris Jones has been incredible this year. This will go down as the best year Chris Jones has ever had. If we're going just sack numbers, I don't know if he gets to 16, whatever it was, but just strictly influence in what he's done. I'm pumping this, man. I, Chris Jones has been a game wrecker, and he'll get help as the season goes on. We're going to see, at least in my opinion, George Karloftis improve. He's a rookie. The pressure numbers for Karloftis are there. I've been a little off and on on him, but I think we're going to start seeing those pressures translate into sacks. Then you can't double Chris Jones. You have to worry about someone else. Maybe they bring in someone else, whether that's a Montez Sweat, whether that's a you know Jerry Hughes from, from Houston. Chris Jones needs someone else to help get after the quarterback, but Chris Jones right now, 
he's playing this year like Aaron Donald. It's been unreal. That's what's so incredible about him is that he's not on this star-studded defensive line at all. Yeah. He's not. It, it's just it's it's just it's been it, absurd. I, there's not enough not enough words you can say for for how good Chris Jones has been this season. But he doesn't get enough fanfare league wide. I, I get a little disappointed about that. Micah Parsons. If it wasn't for Micah Parsons, and that guy is getting all the buzz because phenomenal player, maybe generational talent. But the star on his helmet definitely helps. Let's not get it twisted. <laughs> I believe that. MVS and Mahomes, this is the next one, finally unlocked the long ball. Consistency will continue to plague Marquez, and he'll be hot and cold during the second half of the year. Pump or dump? What say you, Sterling? Yeah, pump. If it's if, if pump is the, the consistency, it will still be an issue. That's the one I'm pumping because I like MVS. I think we're starting to see him and Mahomes, you know, come closer together. But MVS throughout his entire career so far has been fairly inconsistent. Uh, even with Aaron Rodgers, who was in the midst of, you know, back-to-back MVP seasons, still couldn't get on the same page as MVS. If you want to say that was partly because of Devontae Adams, I'll, I'll at least hear you out, but there's still Travis Kelsey in this team. There's still Juju Smith-Schuster. MVS will have games where he goes for 111 yards on three catches. Fully believe that. But it's not going to happen all the time. I, I think there's going to be a lot of hot games, a lot of cold games, but not many in between. Let's give people the full story here, Sterling. Rodgers and MVS didn't connect because Aaron Rodgers hadn't gone on his ayahuasca retreat yet. That would have been the key to them getting it together, right? But Aaron Rodgers can't connect with anybody right now. So are we really going to really blame MVS? It looks like Devontae... Yes, he, Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back MVPs. No, no, he... <laughs> He needs this to be year legal- is completely different than the last two. Come on. He needs to be legally required to give one of those trophies to Devontae Adams. Because no, obviously, Devontae Adams had a lot to do with those MVP campaigns, and he is a shell of his former oh, self without him. The Packers team. have lost three in a row. They that are- was this year, not the previous. What, what the hell? Devon- what, because what, Devontae what Adams is gone. What take is is using it this year to say, oh yeah, that guy shouldn't have won a couple years ago? What? What is the common denominator? Age. The, Aaron Rodgers washed up no, and won retired, dude. Uh, Aaron Rodgers horrendous haircut, dude. There are so many things wrong with the Packers right now. Sure, Devontae Adams isn't there. Aaron Rodgers has been horrendous, but you can't take away his two MVPs because he's shit this year. It's not how this works. Well, he's not. I think Devontae Adams deserves some credit for those yes. awards. I personally would have given the MVP last year anyways to Cooper Cup, but I digress. We've really, we've really gone down a tangent here, but it's been fun. The next pumper dump, Sterling, give it a go. The Chiefs will get a deal done before next Tuesday's trade deadline. Pumper dump. Hmm. With Robert Quinn off the board, the pieces are kind of moving. And I'm a little concerned that they're not gonna they're not gonna have a move left on the board. I'm gonna say dump. Can't be pump on every single one. Well, I, I have not pumped every single one, but I will pump this one. Give me Jerry Hughes. I'm 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 holding out okay. for Jerry Hughes. I'm not saying a big deal. I'm not saying Brian Burns or even a guy from Washington, not a Deron Payne or, or, or Sweat, but come on. Give me Jerry Hughes. I like it. I'd be okay with Brandon Cooks. I'd rather have Brandon Cooks for a six-rounder. Maybe this is hot take-ish than Odell Beckham for no draft capital because I think he's got more juice left. Brandon Cooks, the name isn't as sexy Right. Odell Beckham had the, the famous one-handed catch. He played in New York. He's he's a quasi-celebrity, but if we're going to do something with the receiver, Brandon Cooks wouldn't be too bad. Mm. Thoughts on Cooks? Mm. I like Brandon cook? Cooks. He's underrated. I like Brandon Cooks. There's also probably a reason he's on his, what, third team in six years. There has to be at least a slight slight reason. Uh, him liking tweets fourth about team. how he fourth wants team. to do that. Yeah, fourth team, yeah. I, I'm going to go ahead and say, I mean, OBJ's been on the, same thing. 
but I want to say he's had a thousand yards with four teams. And I read today if he gets traded again, he'll tie Herschel Walker. That well, there's a name in the news. He'll tie Herschel Walker for player who's been traded the most, which is crazy. Well, I would be fine with Cooks. I'd be fine with OBJ, but doesn't matter. I, I, I edge help is what I need. Is what the Chiefs need. So I you know what I'm hoping to have Jerry Hughes. You know what I'm hoping. I kind of hope that someone gets released, a veteran gets released from one of these teams that aren't a contender to kind of save money and do do the veteran a solid, like we saw with Terrell Suggs, T Sizzle, who. We, he kind of gets lost that he was part of that Super Bowl team. But deep down, I feel like his mentorship and his voice in the locker room and him being able to play some snaps and at least bring something to that defense made a difference. I'd be over the moon if we found something like that again. Let's get into the final one. The Bengals are the third best team in the AFC and the closest thing to a threat the Bills and Chiefs have to worry about, pump or dump. I'm pumping. You know, what happened was with the Bengals, they do this every year. I don't understand it. So they start the year off thinking their offense revolves around Joe Mixon and they become kind of predictable. Joe Burrow struggles. Then... They move to shotgun, like exclusively shotgun. Joe Burrow looks very comfortable. They are featuring him. Like he's the engine of the offense. It goes through Jamar Chase, not Joe Mixon. They also have Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. They beat us twice last year. They went to the Super Bowl. We've seen it. Baltimore looks broken. Would you agree with that? There's something wrong with that offense. Yeah, it's Lamar Jackson's arm. Uh, maybe it's the targets, the line. That, he the, has no wide receivers. He has, he has no one to throw to besides Mark, Mark Andrews. Yeah, Mark Andrews. But I don't really see another team that scares me at all. But I could talk myself into this team being pretty scary in December. Yeah. So I'm pumping. Yeah, I, I, I would pump, but I think it's really close with the Ravens still. The Ravens defense has been a disaster. Uh, they're still a really good team, a regular season team. Ravens are. I, I do not trust in the playoffs. A part of that comes down to the wide receivers. Part of that comes down to Lamar Jackson's um, so far inability to throw the ball outside the numbers. I mean, it, it just is what it is. So I, I like Lamar Jackson. He's a great, useful player. They've built that team around him. He's a perfect guy for their organization. Organization needs him based on scheme, based on fit. But come playoff time, I don't think they can keep up with the Bills or with the Chiefs. Now, when it comes to you know Joe Burrow, the offensive line's not great for the Bengals, but their receivers and Joe Burrow by himself, Joe Burrow's not in the same class as Josh Allen and Mahomes, but they chuck the ball. There's no fear. They're built, like you said, around him in the deep ball, around Jamar Chase, Tyler Boyd, T. Higgins. They got guys. They would be the scariest team, but I still think they're 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 pretty far down from the Bills, Chiefs, and just NFL as a whole. I'd throw the Eagles in the in the top three. Honestly, Jamar Chase, there's an argument that he is the most dynamic young wide receiver to hit the scene since Randy Moss, mm-hmm. him and his teammate, Justin Jefferson. So I think that elite weaponry on the outside gives them the edge in a close game over the Ravens. I know the Ravens beat them already. September is a lot different than, than the winter, right? Let's get into spot the fake since I know nothing about uh, Adam's nerddom. Is that what we're calling it now? Sure. We can go with that. <laughs> yeah. G- give me what you got this time. You haven't seen the walking dead. I just always assume. All right. I'm blocking the, the thing. So no one can give me the answer. No walking dead for you, right? Correct. I've never seen it. Okay. Which of the following is not a character on the show, The Walking Dead. Michonne, the governor, Tabasco, or King Ezekiel. Tabasco's a hot sauce, my guy. But it feels like that would be too obvious. The governor seems very vague. King Ezekiel, you put some thought into. I'm going to go King Ezekiel. 
You put thought. No, I was kidding. I said the <clears throat> governor. I said the governor. <clears throat> Shit. Tabasco. Yes, sir. Damn, see? I knew it. You did. You did. Freaking but hot. Got to go with the gut. But I'm getting to know you, so I went with a little reverse psychology. I, I thought that's so obvious that it's going to look like it's not obvious. Uh, and it kind of worked. You got, well, of- yeah, it's the whole reason you nailed it, dude. Oh, shit. I it's suck fine. at this Man, game. Yeah, but you've got a 25% chance of getting it right. So don't be too hard on yourself. Mm-hmm. Well, let's give us the parting shot so I can at least try and lick my wounds. This is a quote by Nicki Minaj. I try to switch it up for you guys. Cherish these nights. Cherish these people. Life is a movie, but there'll never be a sequel. We must cherish what makes the kingdom special. Connection, camaraderie, community. Back in 2007, my brother and I built a Chiefs community. So many of you have taken that to the next level. Community is in Arrowhead's DNA. In the parking lot where randos kindly offer you beer or barbecue. In the stadium where 80,000 strangers yell with you until we all lose our voice. Clark Hunt hired the ultimate players coach and Andy Reid to build the community. Big Red Spirit is infectious. A great example of this is the Call of Duty get-together that Juju attributed for the chemistry as the 49ers. That chemistry led to an epic beatdown that we all enjoyed. So on the field and off the field, community is the chief special sauce. And let's just keep doing our thing. It's working for us. Until next time, go Chiefs. special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low, net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.